So good to see you, and I want to say Happy New Year to you. I hope that all of your resolutions are intact. I hope that you got everything you wanted through for Christmas, and I pray that you're looking forward to 2022, because I sure am. I just want to welcome you, and I want to welcome all of those who are watching online, and I want to thank you for joining in, and I just want to remind you again that if you're a guest here today, um, if you would just head out to the Grand Foyer afterwards and just let us know that you're here, and if you're looking, boy, we'd love to do whatever we can to help you make a decision that's right for you. I want to thank uh, Dr. Colin Varner, who's here this morning for pinch hitting for all of us uh, last week. Um, everybody was down, but um, we're so thankful, and he always does a great job. I got a chance to listen to him several times when I was down at Warner University, and He's just one of those guys that we can learn from, and so I'm so thankful for him. And I want to say from Lori and I, thank you for all your prayers. This uh, COVID thing, not fun, wouldn't recommend it to anybody, but you know what? Um, We felt your prayers, and I just want to say thank you. It's good to be back. The only thing that we're doing right now is I walked up those two steps, and I just need to go, (sighs) lost my wind. All right, now, today we're beginning a brand new series and the series is called I Can Only Imagine. And right now, what I want to do is I want you to think about a loved one that is with Jesus. I want you to take a moment right now, and I just want you to think about them. May have been a spouse, maybe a child, maybe a grandchild, maybe it's somebody that you don't even know, but God has just brought that person to mind. As you think about that individual, my prayer is that today, from God's word, that you would get hope. Because one of the things that we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about heaven. Now, I want to begin by sharing with you a story that I heard. I thought it was kind of cute. A little boy and his father were in New York City. They went to the Empire State Building When they got there, they got on the elevator and they headed to the roof. The little boy was just mesmerized by all the numbers that were lighting up as the elevator went up and up and up. It seemed like they were going on forever. 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 and up and up and up they went. All of a sudden, the little boy got a little nervous. He grabbed a hold of his daddy's hand and he kind of yanked on it. His daddy came down to his level and the little boy whispered in his daddy's ear, Daddy, does God know we're coming? (laughs) If you've lived in Kansas, you are very familiar with the term There's no place like home, right? And it's true, isn't it? We love to travel. Sometimes we feel like we need to get out of Wichita for a while. But it always feels good to come back home, doesn't it? Your bed. Your pillow. It's fun to see all the creation all over the world, but oh, it's so fun to come back home. And the reason is, is because home is where we belong, isn't it? I was reading an article about a dog, and this dog 
found his way home in California, all the way from Colorado. He traveled over a thousand miles, over mountains, over hills, through rivers, and he smelled his his way home. Isn't that remarkable? But scientists tell us, you know what? Animals have this homing instinct in them that they want to be at home, and they will do whatever they can. They will smell their way home. But as remarkable as that is, I also heard a story in Florida of a cow who traveled 30 miles just to get home. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? But you know what? It's true. We all look forward to that day when we will go home. I want to remind you that home is where we belong. And over the next several weeks, we're going to be looking at our home, our eternal home, which is in heaven. Don't forget that on that day, when Jesus became the Lord of your life, when you became a follower of Jesus Christ, ladies and gentlemen, your destination for eternity changed. And we all know that this life that we have on earth is a gift, but it's just a blip on the screen. And if our life is just a blip on the screen, it just seems to me that we would want to know as much as we possibly can about where we're going to spend eternity. Amen? So here's what I want you to remember. Life is short. Eternity is long. Let me tell you a little bit about what I mean by that. On the screen, there is a dot with a line connected to it. And you notice that that line has an arrow on the end of it. That means it does not stop. It goes on and on and on and on, and it never stops. And I understand that's hard for you to comprehend. It's hard for me to comprehend. But eternity has no end. We're used to things starting and things stopping. But in this, when we talk about our eternal home, where we will spend eternity, there is no ending. And so in this world, there are only two paths to travel. Have you figured that out? One is a wide path, and it leads to a very wide door. But there's another path. It's a very narrow path. And the Bible tells us that few people are on it. And the door that it leads to is a very narrow door. You know what the funny thing is about these paths? Most people in the world think they run in the same direction. They do not. The narrow path, the path that leads to that narrow door, it runs in the opposite direction. Now, there's two things I want you to know about that dot. Do you notice that the dot is connected to the line? Everybody see that? The dot is connected to the line. As simple as that sounds, here's my point. Most people, including Christians, rarely think beyond the dot to the line. But there's something else I want you to notice about that, is that not only is it connected, there's no break. 
And I believe what the Lord wants to teach us through that is this. We live in the dot, but we do not live for the dot. I want you to think about your life right now. What are you concentrating on? Are you thinking more about the dot, this world, this earth, and all that you have to have in order to be happy and comfortable here? Or are you thinking more about where you will spend eternity? Now listen to me very carefully. What you're thinking about determines how you live this life. But not only how you live this life, how you will spend eternity. So stand with me out of respect for God's word. I'm going to read from the book of John, John chapter 14. And I'm just going to read verses 2 and 3. Here we go. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am. That's pretty exciting, isn't it? Those are some exciting words from God for God's people. Let's pray together. Father, remind me once again today that earth is not my home. My home is in heaven with you. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, the wisest man in the world, a man by the name of Solomon, said this, God has created eternity in the hearts of men. Right? Now, one of the questions that I would ask is, so how do I know that? How do you know that God has created eternity in your heart? Here's the answer. Because you are longing for something better. Right? Isn't that right? Please shake your head yes and down. It's, 1920, it's 2022, okay? We're alive, right? But that's what it is. It's about the fact that we're looking for something better. Think about this. How in the world do you get through suffering? How do you go through pain? It's the knowledge of knowing that something better is coming, right? How do you tolerate this world? How do you deal with the loss of a loved one, a husband, a wife, a child, a grandson, a father, a mother? How do you deal with that? It's real simple. And the Bible tells us it's one word. You ready? Temporary. It's temporary. It's at times like this. It's at times when we've lost a loved one 
that those words from John should jump off the pages that say, it's only for a little while. And you know what? That gives me hope. That gives me a reason to get up this morning, because you know what? I know that the loved ones that have gone before me in my life, our separation is only temporary. And not only do I know it, I believe it. But I also look forward to it. For those of you that have lost a loved one, don't you feel like part of you is already in heaven? Take a look at this. Philip Yancey said this, the Bible never belittles human disappointment, but it does add one key word, temporary. What we feel now, we will not always feel. (sighs) And I feel good. What we feel now, we will not always feel. Our disappointment is itself a sign, an aching, a hunger for something better. And faith is, in the end, a kind of homesickness for a home we have never visited but have never once stopped longing for. That home that we all long for is a place, it's real, and it's called, everybody say it, what is it? Heaven. Do you remember what Jesus said just a few minutes ago? He said this, in my Father's house. You want to know where Jesus is? He is in his Father's house. You want to know where your loved ones are? Your children, your spouses, those that you love that have gone before you, you want to know where they are? They're with Jesus in the Father's house. For all who have called on the name of Jesus, they have a residence. And it's real. It's called heaven. Because that is where Jesus dwells. But I also need you to understand this. Jesus is very busy right now. You know what he's doing? He is leading the greatest construction project in the history of the world. You know what it is? Our eternal home where we and all Christians before, after, and during this time where we will spend eternity, Jesus is the one who is heading up that project. All right, now, think about this. We all know we're going to die, right? It's still 100%. Last time I checked, every one of us is going to die. But here's what I need you to understand. Your birth was ordained by God. Every minute of the day that you live is ordained by God. And I also need to tell you this, your death is also ordained by God. Will you hear me? COVID doesn't take people to heaven. Cancer doesn't take people to heaven. God takes people to heaven. Every minute that we have on this earth is a gift from God. The Bible tells us that we have 70 years. So let me just tell you this. If you're older than 70, and by the way, you don't look it. 
Every day over 70, every year over 70 is a bonus year. So if that's the case, then shouldn't we be paying attention more to our eternal home? Let me show you something here. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then those then, then whose will those things be which you have provided? We all know that story, don't we? Man was wealthy. He thought, you know, I've got so much, I'm going to tear down my barns, and I'm going to build bigger ones, and then I'm going to eat, drink, and be merry. And what did God say to me? He says, you're a fool. Now, I want you to look at that word required there, okay? That word required is a banking term. You know what it means? Your loan has come due. I want you to think about that. Your loan has come due. You know what that tells us? That tells us that everything that we have and the life itself is something on loan to us. And at any moment, ladies and gentlemen, God can call that loan in. So let's look at this. The more we think about the next world, the more effective we become in this world. Think about that for a moment. The more we think about the next world, the more effective we become in this world. Listen to this statement. The more you think about heaven, the less attractive sin becomes. Just think about that for a moment. The more you think about heaven, your eternal home, the less attractive sin becomes. So I don't know about you, I'm going to start thinking a whole lot more about heaven, right? Now, how do you know that, Pastor Bob? Because if you look in Hebrews chapter 11, you will see name after name after name after name who was captivated by the thought of heaven. And what did it do? It influenced how they lived their life here on earth. I brought with me an example What if this represents, these are peanut M&Ms, just by the way, and I want you also to know that there were a lot more of them before I got up here. <laughs> I saw Justin take one just before he left, and I said, you just ate a day of my life. All right, so here's what I want you to know. My friends, what would keep us from becoming so focused that we wouldn't look at our lives like this? And every day that goes by, we remove and we see that life is getting shorter. We don't know how many days, how many years we have. So to me, that makes it even more important that we focus on making the most of what God has given to us. So for the follower of Christ, I want to just remind you, for the follower of Christ, when a follower of Christ dies, they leave this world and they go to be with Jesus, okay? So here's how I would say to you, and this is kind of how I like to say it to people, is that when a person dies who's a follower of Jesus Christ, all they do is change addresses. Now just think about that. 
They're still conscious. They still know what's going on. I love how Paul talks about this. Look at what Paul says about this. He says, we are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. What's Paul saying? Here's what he's saying. When I am at home with the body, when my spirit, the me, is in my body, you know what? I know I'm here on earth. But the moment that spirit is no longer in the body, I know I am with the Lord. That's what he's saying. So today, the question that we're asking is this. Is heaven a real place? Or is it just kind of a spiritual dimension that's out there? Is heaven a real place? Well, look at what David Jeremiah says about this. Heaven is a literal place. Now, I want you to see that next word. Prepared by Christ for a prepared people. And that place is our eternal home. It is a real place. Take a look at this. My father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you may also be where I am. Now, here's what I want you to understand about this. This is where we're going to really hone in on this. Every time you say the Lord's Prayer, you affirm that heaven is a real place. Our Father, who art where? In heaven. Where is God? He's in heaven. But what I love about this is what the Bible has to tell us about this, because it doesn't matter what anybody says about heaven being a place. The question is, what does Scripture say? I want you to look at this. It says, and if I go and prepare, what's that next word? A what? Place. I want you to circle that word. The Greek word for that is topos. It's where we get our word topography from. Now listen very carefully. This is where you're going to get excited. Every time it's used in the New Testament, it always means the same thing. And here's what it means. A locatable inhabitant. Okay, I want to say that again because I don't think you got it. You're just kind of sitting there like a, like a bump on the log. A locatable habitat. In other words, it's a place and you can find it if you know where it is. I'm just going to stop there, okay? But that's not it. That's not the only thing the Bible says. In the New King James Version, it uses the word Dwelling a place of dwelling. So here's what I want you to understand about that. That word dwelling is the Greek word moan, and what it means is this, populated space. Populated space. So what we hear from God about is heaven a real place. In his word, he tells us that heaven is a locatable, inhabited, populated place. That's not from my words, that's from God's word, and this is our source. This is truth. Does that not make you think a little bit different about heaven? Think about this. This is a place. I'm in central community. I know I'm here because I recognize this place. It's a place. Okay? The same is true for those who are in heaven. 
It's a place. How do they know it's heaven? Because Jesus is there. So when you leave this world and go to the next, you're going to a locatable, physical place. Boy, that just gets my heart going. But even think about this. What does Jesus say? We just heard his words. What did he say? I go to prepare a place for you. Just take those words. If I were to say to you, hey, listen, I'm going to prepare a place for me, you wouldn't think, well, that's some spiritual dimension that he's going to. No. You're thinking he is going somewhere where I could find, and that's the place where he is. That's what heaven is all about. All right, now look at this. After he said this, he was taken up before their eyes, and a cloud hid from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand there looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way that you have seen him go into heaven. From John chapter 14, one of the things that we learn is this. The path that goes to heaven is paved in belief in the life, the death, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? Now, here's the question I have for you. So, where is heaven? You know what the Bible tells us? Up. It does. Let me prove it to you. It was part of Satan's war cry in the book of Isaiah. Look at what he says. You said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly on the utmost heights of Mount Zaphon. So Satan is telling us, right there it is, that heaven is up. Well, what else do we have? Let's look and see. After he said this, he was taken up before their eyes, and a cloud hid them from their sight. Where did he go? He was taken where? Up, right? They were looking intently into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee said, why do you stand there looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Which way did he go? He went up. How's he coming back? He's coming back down. And that will happen at the second coming. One more. He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. Heaven is not just the skies. Heaven is a place. All right, now, I want to go a little bit deeper into this, and then I'm going to bring some pretty exciting news to you, okay? And here's the first thing I want you to know. You need to understand the difference from where God is, along with all of our loved ones, and the place we will spend eternity, okay? You need to understand of where all of those who call on the name of Jesus, where they are right now, and where we will all spend when that second coming comes, happens, okay? Now, one of the things I just want to share with you is that it doesn't matter what denomination you're from, theologians all pretty much agree on the topic that the Bible points out that there are three heavens, okay? Heaven number one, I put it in your notes so you could write it down. Heaven number one, the earth and the sky. 
That's heaven number one. Heaven number two, the stars, the planets, the universe. Heaven number three, where God is. How do you know that, Pastor Bob? Because both John and Paul tell us that they were caught up into the third heaven. Take a look at this. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the, what does it say? Third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know, but God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows. Now look at this, was caught up to paradise and heard, here it is, inexpressible things, things that no one is permitted to tell. Can you imagine that? So John and the Apostle Paul, and they've, they've seen this third heaven when they come back. They say, what did you see? There's no words to express it. But Paul tells us, oh, it is something amazing. All right, now, I want to close by giving you a little glimpse of what is yet to come, okay? And the Bible talks about this in Revelation chapter 21. There is so much more. There is something that is coming in the second coming. And look at what the Bible says. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Not an old heaven and an old earth. A new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. All right, now here's what I want you to remind you of there. What's he telling us here? He's telling us here that, you know what? This earth and these heavens that we know of will be totally destroyed. And in its place, a new earth and a new heaven. I know this body is going to be destroyed, but in its place is going to be the body that I've been waiting for all my life, and the same is true for you. And that will happen at that second coming. All will be raised, and we will receive the bodies that were created for us for eternity, okay? But there's one other thing I want to show you here. See, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. Did you hear that? So everything that you dared on earth, you won't have to worry about that anymore. There'll be no negative thoughts. There'll be nothing bad. But here's what happens. A new Jerusalem will come. It's the capital city. Can I tell you a little bit about it real quickly? Here's what I want you to know about it, okay? The new Jerusalem is a cubed-shaped city. Its width and its length and its height are 1,500 miles. Now, I hope that you're asking me, because, and I hope you check this in the Scriptures, because it's all right there. I hope you're asking me, why is it cube-shaped? That's kind of an odd shape for a city. You want to know what the answer to that is? Do you remember when Jesus, when God brought about the tabernacle in the desert? That tabernacle was a picture a foretaste of what was to come. And when you go into the Holy of Holies and the outer place from the sacrifices, it's cube-shaped. 
Here's something else I want you to know. The city's surface area, this is the new Jerusalem, two million square miles. Let's go on. The borders of just the capital city will stretch from Canada to Mexico and from the Appalachian Mountains to California. Just picture that in your mind. The height will be 660,000 stories high. And the thickness of the walls is 72 yards. All right, now, I found a, a gentleman, a theologian, who had done some research on this, and he figured out if everybody had 75 acres, that heaven would hold 20 billion people. Ladies and gentlemen, do you understand what the Lord has planned for us is something amazing? And it is a real place. And it's the place that we have to look forward to. Now, I want to close with this. If I were to put out in front of you a plate of lima beans and a rich chocolate sundae, which would you eat first? You'd eat the chocolate sundae, right? So I would never put that out in front of you because you would not make the right choice. I remember when I was growing up, and I don't know why my mom, mom, please forgive me, but she used to make us eat stewed tomatoes. And whenever we would eat these stewed tomatoes, guess what? There was always a promise if we ate it that something else was going to be there. That's how we need to look at our life on earth. Earth is our lima beans. Earth is our stewed tomatoes. And the Lord tells us, you have to eat that. You have to go through the pain. You have to go through the suffering. You have to go through the trials, and you have to go through the tribulations. What I want you to know is what I've got prepared for you is going to blow you away. In fact, one of your own, the Apostle Paul, can't even find words to explain it. I want you to think about those loved ones again right now. I don't feel so sorry for them. In fact, I'm very envious of them. But I know that there's a place like that for me and a place like that for you. Heaven is a real place prepared for those who have called on the name of their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And what I say to that is simply this. Yes! Let's pray.